Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Friday. It's the 11th of November. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Democrat Rob Sand appears to have been narrowly reelected to a second term as Iowa State Auditor. He's the only Democrat to win a statewide office in Iowa's midterm elections. Two counties completed recounts yesterday, and the Iowa Secretary of State's website now shows all counties have reported their votes count. The unofficial results show Sand with about 2,600 more votes than Republican challenger Todd Halber. The AP has not called the race yet for Sand as of this morning. Republican Senator Amy Sinclair of Allerton has been chosen as the new president of the Iowa Senate. Sinclair previously served as majority whip and chaired the Senate Education Committee. She takes the place of former Senate President Jake Chapman, who lost re-election this week. In a statement, Sinclair says she appreciates the trust her colleagues put in her. Senate Majority Leader Jack Whitfer was re-elected by his Republican colleagues to continue as the majority leader. State officials say they have started the process of overhauling Iowa's child welfare system. IPR's Natalie Krebs has the details. Iowa Department of Health and Human Services officials say they are completely rebuilding their IT system and have hired an outside company to help significantly update their child welfare system. Janae Harvey is an administrator with the department. She says the state will work with the Change and Innovation Agency to update state policies and procedures to best serve Iowa children and families. Quite simply, the question that we need to be able to answer is, are families better off because um, HHS knocked on their door? And um, unfortunately, too often the answer is no. The system overhaul comes as Iowa has seen several high-profile child abuse cases, highlighting failures in its current system. Iowa agriculture officials are canceling live bird exhibitions at fairs and other gatherings for a second time this year. IPR's Katie Pinkus tells us agriculture officials canceled live bird events in March but lifted the ban in early June. And they've put a similar order in place after bird flu ravaged a few flocks this fall. The order cancels all events where people bring live birds together from various places. That includes fairs, shows, sales, and swaps. The goal is to limit animal movement and lower the risks of spreading highly pathogenic avian influenza. A spokesman for the Iowa Department of Ag says this time of year isn't peak season for live bird events, but there are occasional shows and auctions. Events are canceled for at least 30 days. The order remains in place until Iowa sees 30 days without a new case of bird flu in domestic poultry. More than 15 million commercial and backyard birds in Iowa have died from the virus or been destroyed to keep it from spreading. The deadline to get your driver's license upgraded to a real ID has changed a couple of times, but it now is set for May 3rd of 2023. The DOT's Kayla Burkett says it's a change designed to make travel easier. The real ID is a federal government requirement. The marking here in Iowa is a gold star in the upper right-hand corner, but that will give the ability for Iowans to do air travel and or enter the federal any federal building. Burkett says you can upgrade your driver's license by making an appointment at a DOT service center and bring in some documentation. She says the lag time for scheduling an appointment at the DOT centers is about two weeks. They do accept walk-ins, but you will have to wait a little longer than those who have an appointment. 
And officials report the number of COVID-19 related hospitalizations and positive tests have increased in the past seven days. The feds report right now 180 Iowans hospitalized have tested positive. That's up 40 hospitalizations from last week. That's also as state health officials say more than 2,500 positive tests have been reported in the past week. That's a slight uptick from last week's count. This is Here First. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The national battle against abortion has reached small-town governments. Towns in Iowa, Nebraska, and Texas have banned abortion within their borders. Some are as small as 100 people. Many are hundreds of miles away from the nearest clinic, but Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rimbert takes us to one suburban community where the stakes are higher. So this ordinance is to uh, ban abortion in the, Bel- in the city of Belgium. At the corner of a busy intersection, pink and blue balloons and a big picture of a fetus are tied to a white tent. It's for a petition that would outlaw abortion here in Bellevue, an Omaha suburb. Margaret Ross lives in the city and stopped to add her signature. My perspective comes from a biblical worldview. So the sanctity of life is important to God, and so it's important to me. If the proposal is approved by the Bellevue City Council or voted in through a ballot initiative, anyone who performs or aids an abortion in the city could be sued by private citizens. Just down the street from the tent sits an abortion clinic one of three providers in Nebraska. Only a couple sparse trees separate the signs advertising an abortion-free Bellevue from the clinic's parking lot. No one from the clinic agreed to talk with us, but this is the only place in Nebraska that performs abortions up to 20 weeks, which Chelsea Souder says is a critical resource in the Midwest. She leads a group that helps people seeking abortions with financial support because of all of the many restrictions and now bans that are in many states, that has prolonged people's access to care, which in turn pushes people further in pregnancy. So it's really imperative that we have clinics that can be able to provide that care. Small towns across Nebraska, Iowa, Texas, and Ohio have outlawed abortions within their boundaries. A man named Mark Dixon is behind all those ordinances. He crisscrosses the country in his pickup truck, to push abortion bans through local governments. I think all communities need to stand up. He helped get a ban in place in Lubbock, Texas, which shut down abortion services at a Planned Parenthood there. He's come to Bellevue to do the same. Supreme Court did say that this is an issue uh, to be returned to the states, their people, and their elected representatives, and that does include local governments. But it's not clear how legal the citywide bans are. Anthony Schutz, a law professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, says there are two questions at work. Do local governments have the authority to impose bans? And even if cities have that ability, do statewide rules overpower local ones? Those are the deeper questions that we have to answer, and they're, they're not questions about rights. They're questions about local government authority as it relates to the state. It'll take time to get answers. Schutz says courts don't like to rule on hypotheticals. That likely means someone would have to sue a city for its existing ban. In Willie, Iowa, where an abortion ban passed last spring, Mayor Kristen Nearing says she's only heard positive feedback. But she says the ordinance hasn't really impacted abortion access. 
we're a small town of 101 people and there wasn't a, there's not a medical clinic and there probably wasn't anything occurring in our community prior to this happening. It was, I think, more about the community wanting to be able to speak for what they believed in. Back in Bellevue, Sheila O'Connell signed the petition at the intersection. She says trying to shut down the clinic with a local abortion ban is just one part of an incremental approach. We have to take it piece by piece by piece. No more giant steps after Roe v. Wade. That was our giant step. We know that it's really more symbolic than anything at this point. Chelsea Souder, who works to help people get abortions, believes a Bellevue ordinance would be unenforceable and unconstitutional. Still, she says that doesn't stop it from increasing stigma and confusion. I think it's really just a fear-mongering tactic for them, and I think that it creates more chaos and misinformation around the general public, around what does this actually mean, how does this affect our community. The clinic's doctor told a local newspaper this summer that if the proposal goes into effect, he would follow the law, which could mean moving the clinic into Omaha. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Elizabeth Rempert. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News. It reports on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. This is Here First from IPR News. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts so you can hear it every morning. I'm Clay Masters.